the Spud Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Because to you who, the social outcast, yes, you who are rejected, he wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready, Trumbo. And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, Andar Ola. I am, in fact, Spud Goodman. <laughs> Spud Goodman. <laughs> and I hope you are the listener. If not, then I'm, I'm basically just wasting my time here. So I'm going to land on the side of optimism on this one and, and assume actual living beings, or at least microorganisms from maybe a distant galaxy, are listening right now. So I hope all is well in your life. Me, thanks for asking. You know, things are okay. I mean... I still have this radio show, and I haven't been indicted for leaking classified top secrets or anything, mostly because, you know, no one will tell me any top secret information, and I really can't blame them. I mean, I do have a problem keeping stuff to myself. I mean, that's a, everybody knows that. I guess that's how I got into this talk show racket. So right now I need to introduce our designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Give us a belly laugh, if you would. Ooh. How was that? Oh. You know, belly laughs are somewhat exhausting. That's not balanced. That not bad at all. And thank you. Thank um, you. Well, now I must, uh, whether I want to or not, acknowledge our temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. You know, uh, you, just do do something to verify you're, in fact, a living, breathing entity. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I, I can assure everyone that I am definitely a living, breathing person, and I am raring to go here, Spud, to serve to the best of my ability as your loyal co-host. Uh, whoa, 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 calm down. Uh, no need to be raring to go here. Remember, you're, well, a, tempor- you're a temporary, temporary employee. You, well... Temporary permanent employee, and I, I just want to assure you that I am ready to get this show off to a great start. I, I think this could be one of our best ones yet. You know, people lie a lot, so you got to be on your toes. There you go again, raising our listeners' expectations to an unreasonable level. No, no. Do you realize the effort needed to meet those expectations? No, no I am not intimidated at, at all. Was, you know, I live to entertain, Spud. You, you know that about me. This is not a church talent show, man. We are speaking to millions of people right now. Really? Oh, you know, okay, maybe thousands. Or at at the least hundreds. So please, just don't set the bar that high. Good call, yo. Gerald, you must know by now that Spud doesn't react well to an environment of forced excellence. Growing up, he had so many issues with his teachers in school. Well, you know, I was a solid C-minus student, and, you know, I was respectful, too, but I just didn't see the need to to work myself to the point of exhaustion. Uh Life is short, and I question the value of knowing, you know, that math without real numbers, algebra, and and reading history books written, like, years ago. Yeah. Well, your mother, may she rest in peace, sure was put through hell at your parent-teacher conferences. Mm. Spud, do you even know what it was like for a mother to hear a teacher say he or she can't stand her son? 
It is upsetting. Yeah, she got she got used to it. Uh-uh. Anyway, what what I was thinking we might talk about on this show is something I read in, in the newspaper, or actually my neighbor's newspaper, you know, a while ago. Oh. I forgot to bring it up back then. It was an article about President Trump's supporters, and not just those alt-right dudes. But anyway, remember during the campaign when he said he could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue in Manhattan and shoot someone, and he wouldn't lose any voters? I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody, and I wouldn't lose any voters, okay? It's like incredible. You know, well, seven months have gone by pretty much in office, and a recent public policy poll revealed 45% of his voters would, in fact, still support him if he did shoot someone on Fifth Avenue in New York City. Oh, I mean, no. Yeah, maybe just a hobo, but still, I guess this is a sign of true love. Yeah, mm. Spud, you will never understand what makes President Trump such an inspirational figure to most true Americans. Hashtag greatest president ever. Uh, they, or we, appreciate him being so real and honest uh, with uh, us. Honest, and we, honest, honest. Yeah. Hashtag five million illegal voters are hashtag on both sides? Well, I didn't wow. vote for the man, but I do find him kind of cute, except when he's dressed in his golfing outfits. He not looks really. a bit obese in white. It's just not very flattering. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. Yeah, I'm with you on that one for sure, Aunt Dorothy. You know, I'm not a body shamer myself, but I would say he should just think about going with basic black on the golf course. Yeah, you know, I think President Trump looks quite dashing on the links. Uh-huh. Uh, very uh-huh. uh, uh, Gatsby-esque in white. Oh, but my. Uh, regarding that poll you mentioned, I don't think you grasp what true loyalty is, Spud. We, most Americans, believe in our president. Hashtag making America great again. Uh, hashtag already a great country? Well. Pretty much. Uh, hey, and also there's another poll. I don't know if you saw this one. It, it, it was like 57% of Republicans said college is a bad thing uh, as it brainwashes people. That's not my dad's Republican Party anymore. That That's for sure. I was wondering, though, did anybody ever call you? Because you have one of those landline phone thingies. Yeah, well, no, they didn't. But I sure wish I had the chance to vote and voice my support. So let me ask you this, all right? Yeah. Um, Mr. True Blue Trump supporter, yeah. there must be something that would shake your devotion to this man. You had me at hello. You know, if he stepped over the line on something that you would find unacceptable, like totally wrong, I mean, there must be a line somewhere with you guys. Well... Like, you know, if like if Obama had ever tried to ban frosting in a can because it was harmful to our health, which I'm pretty sure it is, I would have taken to the streets protesting as that is a basic food group for me. Yeah, I know you like that. Spud, dear, your mother and I have both have told you for years eating so much frosting in a can will certainly shorten your lifespan. But you are a grown man now. Yes, I am. Mm. Regarding Trump supporters, I think the term in psychological terms is dependent personality disorder, a necessity for any cult leader to have in his followers. No, no, no. no. I I can assure you both, I do not have that disorder. I really think the mainstream media has taken the response of Trump voters literally in that poll. You know, our commander-in-chief, he would never shoot someone in the middle of New York. I'm going to have to go ahead and sort of disagree with you there. I mean, you... I guess you could be right, but well, yeah, it'd probably be at where he is most of the time on one of his freaking golf courses. <laughs> no, 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 nonsense. It, President Trump funny. holds the game of golf sacred. He would not commit such an act on the links either. It, did you read the article in Sports Illustrated about him, him and the sport of golf? 
Yeah, oh, he's re- missed that one. He's revered by golfers around the world, Spud. Well, he might not shoot somebody on the golf course, but I'm pretty sure he would at least thump anyone from CNN with a putter. They are not our friend. Hey, let's let's continue this conversation in a bit. Right now, I need to introduce our musical guest, who I will be speaking with a little later on in the program. Here is Richie Dagger's Crime.
This is the Spud Goodman Show. This is the Spud Goodman Show. What's up, y'all? This is Cedric the Entertainer, and I'm on the Spud Goodman Show. Oh, yeah. I holla. Hey, uh, Spud, yes. your first guest, Margaret Cho, is waiting on hold for you. You know, I know you really enjoy speaking with her, as she'd been a frequent guest in the past. Yeah, I do really dig her. She's a great guest. She's never shy with her opinions, and a, she's just very funny. Uh, well, you know, she kind of frightens me, to be honest. Kissing our pants yet? I don't think she's going to bother with you, you know, being the co-host. Well. Though if she was in the studio with us right now as a fashion judge, I'm pretty sure she would go off on your DEA agent look. I mean, do you really need to wear a suit and tie to do a radio show? Yeah, well, I wear a suit and tie to show respect for the position of co-host, Spud. You know, being an on-air radio personality is a big responsibility, and I want to honor the really? tradition of others who've preceded me in the profession. Dumbest, most offensive, and most insane things. Uh, I don't know about the on-air personality deal. You basically just, you know, tell me a guest is on the line to talk with me. Well, I'm pretty sure an app could do that. An app? Are you, yeah. Are you serious? Yes. Just, just put Margaret on, please. Yeah, here she is. Please welcome back to the show comedian, actress, writer, and fashion guru, Margaret Cho. Howdy. Hi. Let me let me see. You're now on the Fresh Off the Bloat tour. Uh, you'll be coming to Seattle on September 2nd at the Bumbershoot Festival with two shows. That should be wild, you know? I'm excited. You know, I've been going to Bumbershoot uh, for a long time. It is the one festival that I'm going to this year. Um, I'm a little old. For like all of the festival activities, uh, I can't do drugs. Um, you know, I've just been like very prudent in my festival going uh, this year. So this is great. I'm excited. Um, I think it's the best festival. I love Lumbershoot. I've been going there for God, 90s. Uh, the last time I was there actually was with David Cross and Tenacity, and we all went to see Mud Honey. Oh. It was super cool. Super. Um, yeah, uh, I love it. Um, so I'm glad to be going back. All right. You know, we're also in other markets around, actually, North America and the UK. So hopefully you'll be stopping in their city, too, in the near future. i definitely be going to the UK this winter, um, sort of November, December. I'm doing a big tour of everywhere there. Right. So that's really cool. We're on so, in, we're yeah, on I'm in, excited. We're on in Sheffield, England. I don't know if you're heading there. So anyway. Um, yes, I am. Um, so that's great. So I'll pay uh, homage to the, the Human League, uh, one of my favorite bands. And uh, I love it. All right. Well, um, can I get back the... Let's let's just discuss the backstory uh, to the name of the tour, Fresh Off the Bloat, as I myself am somewhat bloated at this moment and can use any tips to alleviate the condition. Oh, my God. That's... <laughs> That's funny. I'm always bloated. I'm like, that's actually, I don't even know if I'm just bloated or fat. I think it's just that I'm fat. And that's just a fat life. Uh, you know, some people are fat and that's me. And I love it. Um, I think uh, the, uh, the, well, the show is a written reference to the TV show, Fresh Off the Boat. And right. I did the very first um, Asian show years ago called All American Girl. And now we have this very famous uh, show called Fresh Off the Boat. So the the tour of Fresh Off the Bloat is a 
is a play on that. Um, it's, it's, so it's fun. All right. Well, you know, let me ask you this. You're a fashion maven. In fact, you've co-hosted the Fashion Police on E, so that, that pretty much makes you an expert on the topic. So can you tell me why, if I actually did own a white suit, I could not legally wear it after Labor Day? That seems so arbitrary, like a de facto fashion order from, like, Kim Jong-un. I, I heard he's a fashion Nazi. <laughs> but anyway, what do you... Yeah. Why? I think, you know, I don't like to pay attention to white after Labor Day uh, rules like that. I think you can dictate what you want to wear year-round. A white suit is very classic, like a writer like Mark Twain or or um, Tom Wolfe or even uh, Colonel Sanders. Yeah, um, yeah super. All of these uh, sort of white suit wearers, as well as James Byrne uh, from the Talking Heads, very famous white suit wearer. Yes. Um, a white suit is, is really literary, it's classy. Um, it depends on what kind of fabric you're going to do it in, of course, uh, whether it's linen, because that's a traditional summer fabric. But um, I don't pay attention to those rules. I wear white after Labor Day. I wear white year-round. Um, you know, it's kind of an alternative to black because it's that one solid monochromatic thing. Um, so, And you can be goth and be all white. You can be like one of those white goths or like a rainbow pastel goth. Um, oh. And I love it. Spud. I yes. don't think the government would formally prosecute you if you did, in fact, wear a white suit after Labor Day. The criminal justice system is overburdened as it is, but I would add that it's clearly not the right thing to do. Uh, hey, Margaret, just give me a minute. Who says so? Well, my mother would confiscate both my father's and my white suits at the end of summer. You know, when, when I was growing up, she was a stickler for fashion rules. Of course, she would break them out for us, you know, around Memorial Day. Your mother sounds pretty anal about this issue. Well, excuse me? Chill out, man. It's, it's a Freudian term, okay? My aunt is just saying your mom sounds pretty intense about the dress code thing. That's all she's saying. Yeah, oh, all right. Well, I, I must have misinterpreted you, Mrs. Jarvis. Oh, no, your mom sounds like a hard. Well, yeah, yeah, let me. Get, I don't. Let, let uh, me get back to Margaret. All right, I am back. Well, so, you know, so during the show, you know, we're doing now, we've been discussing a recent updated uh, public policy poll, and it said 45% of Trump supporters would, you know, still would not desert him if he did, in fact, shoot someone on Fifth Avenue in New York. I'm pretty sure most of that 45% are, are, are like, into tiki torches, but uh, are we now living <laughs> on a Black Mirror episode and we can't turn off Netflix? What do you think? Oh, yeah, it's definitely Black Mirror, you know, um, but at, at least, uh, like, I don't ever want to see him have sex with a pig. So I, yeah, I think really. we're like, really, you know, I want to be spared that. But I do think that there is a, a lot of Black Mirror, which, you know, it's, it's coming through. And that the way that we live is sort of like attached to these devices, you know, our phones, which know everything, every little thing about us and listens to what we're doing so that it can advertise really specifically so it's kind of weird like it's a really scary strange time for everything yeah you know another poll you, you read it says 80 percent like over 80 percent of republicans like still still support him I'm, I'm thinking trump must have like a dossier or or that compromise uh dealy bob thing on each and every one in the party because he still has massive support it's interesting or frightening or whatever word you want to tack on there well, it just exposes the, the the vile racism that exists in our country. You know, I think that's what it comes down to, is yeah. that most of this is really just a reaction to Obama. 
you know, that this is like, you know, all, all of the bitterness that, 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 you know, had they like incurred during that administration, which is a very successful presidency. Um, you know, you, you couldn't uh, blame him for anything. He needed a great job at being president, yet somehow these people don't want to admit that and they don't want to let go of their racist ideals. I think that's probably because he wasn't, you know, born in America and he really, you know, was was a Muslim. But anyway, that's another topic. I won't bore you with that. But um, so, uh, you know, let me close with this. All right, Margaret, if you were omnipotent, what would be your first wish for the world? What do you think? Peace. Peace. Um, peace. Peace. You know, that's it. Just peace. Okay. I think that we're a long way from it. I think that we need it. Uh, peace is really what we should have and 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 i think that that's really what it's all about all right well maybe like somewhere on the list like way down after the life and death stuff uh maybe uh maybe someone in the nba finals besides golden state and cleveland i'm, I'm just suggesting but yeah anyway that's not as important i i get that so all right. <laughs> yeah well all right well let me let me once again say that you will be appearing in seattle on september 2nd at the bumper shoot festival which is amazing and we'll continue on with the fresh off the bloat tour throughout the fall and around the country and the world so hey uh i just want to thank you so much for coming back on our show wonderful thank you all right there you have it ms margaret Cho. The excitement continues on the Spud Goodman Radio Show following this brief intermission. We're the Black Tones. We are the Black Tones. I'm Eva. And I'm Cedric. Cedric, who's playing bass? His name is Robbie. Robbie. Robbie's playing bass. This is a Spud Goodman show. Spud Goodman, I'm deleting you off my Facebook. I'm sorry. Oh, oh. We share the same Facebook. I guess that means I'm deleting Spud, too. It is what it is, man. The Spud Goodman Show. Spud. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. All right, so getting back to the topic we were discussing earlier, can I ask if by executive order Donald Trump made his birthday, his birthday, June 4th, a mm -hmm. national holiday, would you think that's okay? Well, I, I'm certain in the future this will occur. Ha -ha. But most probably it will be by an act of Congress. You wait, Spud. It will happen, and it will be a bipartisan piece of legislation. He's just gotten off to a rough start so far. Yeah, in a few start. months. Now listen, you'll see the love come pouring out for this man all across the country. I don't think so. Okay, how about if Donald Trump declared war on Canada? W would you support him then? Oh, my goodness. I visit Saskatoon each summer. That would be unfortunate. Yeah, you know, I, I doubt that would happen. But that pretty boy prime minister of theirs does seem to be asking for it, don't you think? Uh, no, I do not. Well, right, so, so, so you wouldn't flinch on that one, huh? Okay. Well, All right. How about if Donald Trump deported all women who were not nines or tens immediately? Courtney, Chloe... Well, I mean, would the grading be done on a sliding scale? And, and who would be the judge? Oh, 
him, of course. He's the president and leader of the free world, at least for the time being. All right, okay. I'm sure he would judge the women in a fair fashion, uh-huh. so I would not be concerned. You know, think about it. He's run so many beauty pageants. Who has a better skill set for this, really? And it only makes common sense. Seriously? Seriously. Competition is what America's all about. Americans love a winner. Uh, and what if your wife didn't make the cut? Yeah, well, she's a clear 10, so that would not be something I'd have to worry about. I see. N- yeah, nice try there, one. Mrs. Jarvitz, in trying to shake my faith in our president. But you're going to have to come up with something else that would cause me and my fellow Trump supporters to have second thoughts about our love for this man. Okay, how about but, if he... Well, you're wasting your time here. I will not be swayed to abandon him. That is messed up, yo. It's not going to happen, okay? Well, I'm starting to believe his fans have been drugged or something. No. no. Uh, okay, as you know, I voted for Obama twice. I yeah. mean, I love the guy. Yeah. But besides if he ever banned frosting in a can... I would turn my back on him for sure if he ever said he could get away with grabbing people by the genitals. I don't care how cool a dude is. If he didn't, if he did that to me, to me, Spud Goodman, without at least asking first, I would spray him good in the eyeballs, bam, with like Febreze or de-icer. Not me. Our former president could grab me anytime. That's so hot. I would give him a pass. Really? Wow. That's kind of unconditional lust, Aunt yeah. Dorsey. Yeah. Right, anyway, let's just let's just see if our next guest is ready to go. Mr. Temporary Co-host, please handle, really, your only job duty. Uh, yeah, a temporary permanent co-host. And, uh, Spud, I'm being told your next guest, Pete Holmes, is ready to go on the line. All righty, then. Hey, have you caught his HBO series crashing? It is really good. Uh, no, there has been no change in my wife's position that HBO is not an appropriate channel when there are little ones living in the house. You know what I mean! Little ones? Yeah. Your oldest is going to be like a, what, a junior in high school? Right? I, I can see not wanting your youngest Arnold, what is he, like 10 or so? Yeah, 10. You know, watching, like, Girls, if it was still on HBO. I mean, seriously, there was way too much nudity for me on that show. Seek immediate medical help for an erection lasting more than four hours. I just thought, you know, maybe you caught Pete's show at a neighbor's or something. Well, I don't watch TV at my neighbor's, Spud. That is an intimate experience, best kept within the family. Okay, well, whatever. Just, just put Pete on, please. Yeah, you got it. Here he is. Say hello to comedian, actor, and writer Pete Holmes. Welcome. Thank you very much. Is this Bud Goodman? Yeah, it is. <laughs> I, that's, that's my name. Yeah, I'm, I'm stuck with it. Uh, well, let me say this before we get going here. Your very funny HBO series, Crashing, is now being released on DVD and Blu-ray. It's available everywhere those sort of things are sold, right? I believe so, and I think you can get it uh, digitally too, which is which is what all the kids are doing, oh, including yeah, myself. So if you kids. don't, if you don't have HBO, you can now download the whole season and, and check it out. All right. Well, you know the series Crashing, starring you and produced by Judd Apatow, has been uh, renewed by HBO for a second season, which is good news. You know, as you left us hanging on that last episode of season one, I, I was pissed there were no more episodes <laughs> to watch. Yeah, it kind of left me with blue eyes. So hey, that baptism scene was very well done. Oh, I appreciate that was that was all Judd, man. Judd was like the character Leaf, who is the guy who has sex with my wife on the show, yeah. is played by George Basil, and he's so funny and he's so good. Judd was like, you have to write it that he's back. Like you, you have to tease that there's going to be even more fun with George. And I'm happy to say we're shooting the second season now. 
There is more fun with George. He's one of my favorite performers to work with and to watch. Super. So your blue eyes shall be relieved. <laughs> All right. Well, let, let's talk religion uh, for a sec, because that's been a theme or an area of interest in some of your work. W- were you raised with a heavy theological vibe? Kind of. Uh, my parents weren't necessarily super religious, but I went to church and, and just kind of really swallowed it whole. Uh, I, I kind of think of it as like, I was a kid, and they were grown-ups, and I was like, surely this person knows what happens when we die. He's wearing khakis and has a car. You know, so like, I, where my brother, who's two years older than me, it never really sunk in with him. I just went full in. I, I thought I was going to be a youth pastor. I went to Christian college to study to be a youth pastor. And then I eventually just started doing comedy because it's very similar to preaching. Yeah. I just never got around to the, to the Jesus part. Oh, okay, all right. You know, my yeah. my mom was Jewish, and my, my dad was, you know, whatever church had the best-looking women in the parish. He, he kind of changed faiths like socks. <laughs> but, you know, but the kind of the upside on Sundays, you know, before the divorce, when they, you know, both went their separate directions, I got a taste of just about everything on the worshiping menu. So you, you went the Protestant route? Yeah, we were a non-denominational church. Okay, all right. Uh, which is, is basically like evangelical. Gotcha. All right. Did you uh, speak in tongues? That'd yeah. be kind of cool. I'd love to be able to speak in tongues. <laughs> you know, I we weren't a big uh, speak in tongues church, but I remember as a kid, once I heard that that was a thing, and then somebody told me you couldn't go to heaven unless you spoke in tongues. So I remember being at a Christian retreat and just going back to the room and trying so hard, like really, really trying to pray it out of me. It didn't work. I, I wouldn't fake it. Like, I, I wouldn't just kind of start doing it just to do it. I was like, unless I am completely overwhelmed with the Spirit, I'm not going to just do it to say that I've done it, which I got the feeling that some of the kids were saying they did. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. If I might add here, Spud, speaking yes. in tongues really should not be attempted by amateurs such as yourself. Nothing good could come of that. Uh, hey, Pete, I just I need a minute here. Excuse me? Well, as a member of the Mormon Church, we are quite adept at this. But I don't want to sound competitive with the evangelicals out there in the audience, but we Mormons are pretty darn good at speaking in tongues. Okay, good to know. Is that it? Well, hey, I had a neighbor once who spoke in tongues, or at least did so when it came in handy, like when the kids came around selling magazine subscriptions, or uh, home-siding people or census people would come at dinner time. It scared them away in seconds. Yeah, I, I bet, but it's, it's really, really hard to learn. I can't even manage basic Spanish, though I'm really trying now. Yeah, no, uh, it, I think it, I'm getting it, better it's, at it. It's a gift, and it's not meant to avoid or scare away door-to-door solicitors. Jeez. Yeah, okay, but if it does the trick, then it's a multidimensional tool, right? No, <laughs> no, not at all. Spud, you just don't understand the connection one can have with the Yeah, okay, my- yeah, God, God, okay, yeah, I get it. I speak to God out loud myself sometimes. Okay, mostly in pain, but my tongue is involved no, no, in sounding no. the words. You know, this, this topic is boring me now. Let me get back to Pete. Yep. All right. Well, hey, how much input do you get from Judd Apatow putting the show together as he's a pretty busy dude with all the projects you know he has going? Does he still find time to send you constant notes and look over your shoulder while you're writing the scripts? Oh, for sure. Judd, uh, you know, as evidenced by doing the show, he loves comedy, and he loves our show. It is a comedy, and it's about comedy, so he's really invested and was very, very available. 
Uh, and that's, that's one of the reasons why he wanted to do it is because he himself was just getting back into stand-up after taking a pretty uh, long hiatus to do all his film and TV work. And so when I came to him to pitch a show about a guy getting started in stand-up, that was very topical for him. And I'm grateful for that. So he helps us very, very much with the script. We work uh, on every single page he's involved. And then hey. when we're shooting, if he's not directing, I can call and be like, hey, we're about to do this scene. And he'll, he'll just spout off some of his genius. It's crazy. It's really like putting a, a quarter in some sort of creative jukebox that always plays hits. He's incredible. He, de I mean, he is human. He has blood in his veins, right? Does a dude ever sleep? I don't know. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, hey. I, you know what's funny? He, he, and he's seen everything. That's the other thing. I'm like, when do you sleep? If you could be like, I just watched uh, Bones. And he'll be like, oh, well, it has to be a comedy. He'll be like, I saw that. I saw that. I saw that. I heard that. I heard that. He consumes so much. He puts out so much. I'm not sure if he does sleep. <laughs> oh, all right. Hey, you're buddies with uh, T.J. Miller, who's been on our show a few times. A very talented man, I would say. I was wondering yep. about that episode he was on in season one, This, you know, when you guys were outside your wife's house with your possessions. How tough was it to stay on script with him? Because he has an active mind and can, can cause havoc. Yeah, no, T.J. Is, is, I've known him, we've been friends for over a decade. And I knew, uh, we wrote the part for him, and I knew that he was going to change his lines and he was going to play around. And a lot of the scenes, it, a lot of the scenes were uh, actually recreations of conversations we've already had. Huh. So that was, that was pretty easy and natural to do. And then everything he does, he makes a little bit funnier. Yeah, he's, yeah he's, he's a brilliant, brilliant guy. Um, you know, on the show, we, we've been discussing uh, polls, you know, like that one, a recent one by the public po uh, policy polling that said that 45% of Trump's voters would still support him if he did shoot someone on Fifth Avenue in New York. Have you ever been called on a poll? I've never been called on a poll, ever. <laughs> they should do a poll to see who's ever been polled. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> hey, write that one down. I've yeah. never been... I remember being... I got a poll call... But it was more generic. It wasn't that. I don't know who those people are voting on that. But uh, I don't know who's getting polled. It's not us. Huh. Yeah, that's what I say. All right. Well, you know, I know you're a busy guy and everything. Let me close this conversation with this. Pete Holmes, what has been your most memorable moment doing your podcast on the Nerdist Network? You made it weird. Anything really strange go down with a mic in your hand? Hmm. That's a good question. All right, I'm a I mean, we've Thank done you. almost 400 episodes. I'm scanning the banks. For some reason, I, the first thing that came to mind was uh, Ray Romano did it. And the reason I knew Ray Romano was because I did a video that's still on YouTube called uh, Romano Sing, where I do an impression of Ray Romano singing the hit. Oh. And then his children saw the video and somehow got it back to us that they loved it. And then I got Ray to come on my talk show and do a video called Romano Duet. And when he was there, we're both singing now as Ray Romano. I was like, would you do my podcast? And I still can't believe that he said yes. So later that day, we sat down and, and he told me all the great stories about him starting in comedy and the great success of his show and what his life is like now. So that really blew me away because he's uh, been a hero of mine for a while. Oh, yeah. Very cool. All right. Okay, I know you got to go, so let me remind everyone that your excellent HBO series, Crashing, is now available on DVD and Blu-ray, so everyone needs to check it out. Okay, thank you so much for coming on our show, man. 
Appreciate that, but thank you so much for taking the time. All right, Mr. Pete Holmes. Don't talk with your mouth full. Remember that practically everybody was told that at least once as a child. Some of us more recently. Where is this leading? For a genuine musical treat, tune in to the, the Spud Goodman, Goodman Show. Show. Radio's famous program that takes you on a magic carpet of melody to a world of beauty. All right, it's musical guest interview time. Please say hey to our musical guest, Richie Dagger's Crime. All right, first of all, please state the crime involved here. A misdemeanor, like jaywalking, or are we talking bank robbery or something? It's pretty heavy. Um, I, I don't know if we are you don't want to talk know. about okay, it. Okay, I don't, you do I don't want really to want to know. You're right. <laughs> so ID yourselves and, and the instrument you're playing, everyone. Hi, my name is Chris, and I play the drums. I'm Richie. I play guitar and sing. My name is Eric Sanchez. I do the bass and vocals. I'm Eric Padgett, the other Eric in band, and I'm playing cornet through a bunch of sauce. And I am not the other Eric. I'm Schwa. I play guitar and sing. All right, well, let me ask the other members of the band if you guys would still play with Richie if he did, in fact, shoot someone in the middle of Fifth Avenue in New York City. I mean, there's friendship, right? But would that be one step over the line for you guys? Definitely. Yeah, that's too much. That's, I would just Yeah, own. sorry, dude. Sorry, man. <laughs> yeah, it's one crime too many. Right. I, got, I got family ties, so I'm stuck. Okay. Right. I would kick you out of the band, though, <laughs> if you stayed with me. <laughs> All right, well, in your press pack, the band is described as psychedelic R&B. I don't think we've had a band, you know, from that genre on this show before. But we're kind of we're carried on a few hard rock stations right now. So just for this occasion, could you also toss in the word rock? You know, somewhere in the description, like right now, please. Rock, rock, Psych rock. rock R&B. You guys, you guys, yeah, rock. All right. Rock and um, rock. So Richie, uh, let me close with this. You're a Chicago transplant, along with me, Chris. That's on right. Drums. That's right. So you guys, uh, when when you got up here, was this a tough area uh, for new new musicians to like merge with the longtime natives? Because you know the, the word is that we're a little standoffish up here. Mm-hmm. Like cats up here. Fake in news, Seattle. true? No, I or think not? it's true. Fake it's true. news. You have to. You don't. If you run up to people like a dog, people will like kind of hide in their it. flannels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're more like cats out here. There probably is a There's little a flannel dogs. left. I guess I never really thought about that. All right. So, all right. What's the, what's the name of the next song and uh, what's it about? Next song is called Haunt Me. It's about getting real close with someone and how that lingers with you and like kind of like it becomes imbued within you. Gushy. Imbued. I like that word. Mm-hmm. You've got me interested. Let's do it. <laughs> Make the 
Goodman Radio Show. Hi, everybody. This is Dick Dale, King of the Surf Guitar, or King of the Surf Rock Guitar, or King of Heavy Metal, <laughs> as many say. You're listening to the Spud Goodman Show, and what a great guy he is. But you know what's funny? When I was in the Air Force and they were punishing me, they used to make me peel a hundred spuds. <laughs> Uh, Spud, your last guest, Bruce Campbell, is ready to go. Wow. You know, the guy who plays Ash Williams from Evil Dead is going to be a guest. That's pretty dang cool. You know, I'll admit, I'm not familiar with this Evil Dead you're referring to. I- is this a rock band? Because no, no. I know I know the groups these days have such wild names, especially those punk rock and roll bands you have on this show. All I wanted was a Betsy, just one Betsy, and she wouldn't give it to me. No, Bruce Campbell is an actor who's been in a bunch of movies. I, I can't believe you haven't seen any of the Evil Dead movies. Well, my wife and I tend to prefer movies that are about good instead of evil. Oh, okay, but, but you're missing some great movies. Great Just because movies. You know, they have the word evil in it doesn't mean that you know, you're going to go to hell if you watch it. I got to admit the truth. It turned me on. I mean... It's possible you might get stuck in purgatory for a while, you know, when you kick the bucket, but that's only a temporary 
uh, deal if I remember my Catholic school education correctly. And anyway, but just just put Bruce through, okay? Yeah, yeah he, here he is. Please say hello to I got you know I really need to take a deep breath here with this intro. Actor, writer, producer, director, voice actor, and comedian, <sighs> Bruce Campbell. Man, I think I What's got it all on? in. Yeah, I got it all in. I think uh, you must have to pay a hell of a lot of union dues in Hollywood, man. I am a member of four unions. Yeah, jeez. Okay, all right. You got to do what you got to do. Absolutely. Well, let's begin this with mentioning your new book, Hail to the Chins, Further Confessions of a Hollywood Bee Actor, published by Thomas Dunn Books. So this is a sequel to your first book, Hail to the Chins, from a few years back, right? It is. It's, it's technically part two of a trilogy. Oh, super. I've decided 15 years from now I'm going to do the final confession. Well, you got us all like, uh, that's, that's like a... You can put that in your library next to War and Peace. We're going to be waiting. All right, super. Well, um, Bruce, you, of course, have starred in major studio films, too, most notably as Ash Williams in Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, and Army of Darkness, and now in the star series Ash vs. Evil Dead. I'm guessing your trailer's a lot bigger with a starring role than rather as a, than as a B actor? No, I'm just never in it. doesn't even matter what the trailer is. Oh. I'm never there. I'm on set. So like, okay, so you just don't ever, you just don't have any private time at all, huh? That's that's interesting. Uh, no, not if you work on a TV show. It's you're you're scheduled from about 6 a.m. to about 7 p.m. every day. Okay. Well, in, in terms of the trailer deal, though, there must be a difference, though, when, when you sign on as a as as like a well, as so-called B actor and when you're a star. There has to be some difference, isn't there? Yes, the quality of the trailer. Okay. In a B movie, the toilet doesn't flush in your trailer. Okay, all right, super. You know, in an A movie, some guy will come and change it, give you more toilet paper. You know, he'll clean it every so often. So yeah, a lot more perks, but that does that has nothing to do with making the movies. I know, but well, look, I have one other one other question on, on the perk issue, and this is something that's been very important to me. And don't forget, Roseanne said it best. She grew up in a trailer trailer park. You you'd be rich and famous, go to Hollywood. Where do you wind up? Back in a trailer. Oh, well, that's something to think about. Well, but about the perk thing, i got to ask you this at least. When you work on a film, you know, like on a B film or as a B actor, do you still get the same access to, to the craft services that the stars on the film do? Because if not, I would think it would really create, like, class envy and can cause at least a food fight or something. No. Really? No, come on. Nothing is the same. Everything oh. is different between... And when you say B movie, I want you to say that with like respect because, oh, absolutely. because I have a reverse arrogance my friend I can always slow down and spend more money can Batman versus Superman speed up with less money no oh okay so well, we don't care about the craft service we don't care about the trailers wow alright we care about telling kooky stories that you know are interesting and different so B movies can tell crazier stories have twist endings have more whacked out sequences they can be more shocking. They can be kookier, loopier, grosser. You know, but I think there's room for it. So okay. I'm glad because of Walking Dead, because of the Marvel movies. We now realize that Hollywood all along has loved B movies because all the A movies are now B movies. Okay, all right, super. You realize that? If you get bitten by a radioactive spider and web sling around New York City, guess what? That's not only a 50s movie, that's a... That, that's not only a B movie, that's a 50s B movie. All right. Well, it's not you like know, I... You dress up like a bat and fly around a city called Gotham. Right. Hate to break it to you. That's a massive B movie. 
Well, it's not like I can't relate to like B movies. I mean, this radio show is like a G or an H radio show. I mean, I get you. I I I hear where you're coming from. I feel it. All right. Well, let me let me ask you this. In your new film, Dark Ascension, which comes out in December, your character. Wait, wait, wait. Where do you get Dark Ascension? Well, um, that's kind of what I got on the internet. But you know, people oh boy, say you can't danger, believe everything. Danger, Will on, they say you can't believe everything on the internet. So is that another one of those? And now cases? you know why. Okay. All right. It's half of it is full of crap. No, no. I got a movie called Highly Functional that'll come out eventually. Okay. Well, I play a broken down country western singer who gets kidnapped by a kid with Aspergers. So the your the, what it said on the internet. Like I said, I usually believe the internet. It said you play a character, a man in Hawaiian shirt. That's not gonna happen, huh? Oh, that's a movie that was attempted to be made that never got made. That was like it's about two years old now. Okay, all right, never mind. Spud, I have told you so many times that the internet is a very dangerous thing. It contains so many outright lies and falsehoods. Uh, hey, Bruce, give me a nanosecond here. Yeah, like the Earth is a bit older than 6,000 years. Those kind of falsehoods? Well... Okay, I got this movie thing wrong with Bruce. You know, I should have cross-checked it with, like, People Magazine or something. My bad. So sue me. Well, I I don't think Bruce will sue you for spreading false information about his career. Well, yeah, but if he did sue Spud for everything he is worth, he'd be lucky to get enough to pay for his attorney's gym membership for a month. You can't get blood out of a turnip. I, I thought that was you can't get blood out of a pumpkin. No. What is turnip? What, whatever. I, I need to get back and finish up this interview. All right, uh, then, Bruce, I'm back. I'm so sorry about that. Well, you know, I know the old saying, there is no I in team, but is it tough to be in movies uh, when you maybe have to take small roles when you know for a fact you can outact in your sleep the dude who has a starring role? I mean, because no, if you like acting, it doesn't matter. Really, there's, there's no small roles, only small actors, you know. So, and, hey, sometimes the small roles, the little cameos, are the best of all. I love doing the cameos in all the Spider-Man movies. That's the way to go. Yeah, you've uh, you've you've and done then that. You get out of there. You act, and then you go. Oh, okay, all right, super. Well. You know, Bruce, uh, I don't know if everybody's aware of of, uh, how busy you are because you have your hands in a whole lot of different things, as I said, like in the beginning of of your job titles. So I I don't want to hold you too long, but I got to ask you my signature question, okay? Um, Bruce Campbell, what has been your most memorable moment in show business? I saved this for last because I think you got one. I'm not dead yet, so I can't answer that. You know, uh, there's been a lot. Breaking into the show business was great. Sitting in a movie theater watching Evil Dead screen in my local movie theater in Michigan for the first time in the actual theater where I used to watch movies. Yeah. That was as big as anything because you went, I'm here. I got here. There's only 20 people in the theater, but who cares? We are screening in our local showcase cinema in Pontiac, Michigan. You know, so there's, there's a bunch of moments along the way that are cool. Uh, meeting certain celebrities is cool. Working with some of these guys is great. Lee Majors played my dad and last couple seasons of Ash versus Evil Dead. Right. You know, those are those are things that are dreams come true. Meeting Shatner and Stan Lee at the conventions. A lot of good stuff. Yeah, I mean, uh, you're kind of a god at those conventions. I mean, obviously you know that, but uh, anyway, I just thought I'd throw that out. Okay, well, I'll let, I know you got stuff to do, meetings and all sorts of things to take, so let me remind everyone again that you have a new book out titled Hail to the Chins, Further Confessions of a Hollywood Bee Actor, published by Thomas Dunn Books. Um, I just want to thank you so very, very much for coming on our show, okay? Thanks, bud. Absolutely. Absolutely, Mr. Bruce Campbell. My 
How time flies. You know, I still can't believe this total blind faith in a mere mortal is, is real. I, Trump is just a guy, okay? Just like the rest of us. What are you objectifying on? Oh, my heavens. No, Spud. President Trump was chosen by no, the No, no, no. Please just don't, don't say what I think you're going to say. It, it was that prehistoric electoral college dealy bob that made him president. Well... You, you do know everyone has their breaking point, though. Even you Trumpsters. I mean, look at Mel Gibson, who was loved by millions before he went all Third Reich on, on the police when they pulled him over for the DUI. I mean, since that came out on TMZ, have you seen him starring in any, like, more Mad Maxes or Lethal Weapons? He got dumped by both the studios and moviegoers. Did you see The Beaver? I don't think so. Oh, I happen to love The Beaver. Very underrated movie, in my opinion. All right, well, y you cannot place a mere actor on the same level as our current president, who hosted the number one show on network TV for 14 seasons, oh, The Apprentice. Look, alternative facts are not facts. Yes, Mel Gibson did utter some unpleasant things to police officers while under the influence uh, of think? alcohol. Yeah, well, you know, being a public figure requires acceptable behavior, so he pretty much got what he deserved. Uh, duh, but I do kind of wish he's in the next Mad Max. Even like a small cameo would be kind of cool. Well. But getting back to Trump, how about if he suddenly made pot a capital offense, you know, like with like the death penalty like that dude in the Philippines? All heck would break out. Well, if it is war they want, then war they shall have! Yeah, you, you're not going to find me arguing against that potential change in our criminal code. You know, it is clearly a gateway drug, Spud. Um, um, you suck! Well, that would certainly mean I would have to hit Costco for a few more cases of Advil. I sure hope that sad little man Jeff Sessions is just blowing smoke, so to speak. Yeah, well... Okay, how about this? How about if Trump suddenly instituted a ban on pizza? Would you still support him then? I would. But why would he ban really? one of America's favorite meals? Hmm. Now, I know Italy also loves pizza, but I bet we sell way more large pepperoni pizzas here than they do. I've never been to that country, though I've heard it's beautiful. You know, every so often, our family does enjoy dining at the Olive Garden, but I guess it's the unlimited breadsticks. They're a nice touch. Okay, how about if he banned all of the network news shows and cable news except for say, I don't know, Fox and Friends. Yeah, Fox and Friends starts right now. No, wait, that's not a, that's not a good yeah, yeah. idea. I don't think that would ever happen. But if it did, I think the country would survive. Sure, I would miss Hannity. You think we're bad for America? You think yeah. I'm bad for America? Uh, I'd miss Tucker Carlson, uh, maybe Greg Gutfeld. What about Shepard Smith? Yeah, no, not so much. Well, I would miss Meet the Press. I tape it each week. I must have over a hundred old episodes, the ones with Tim Russert. I'm kind of running on empty here. How about this one? Spud, what if Spud, President Trump... You, you just don't get what the word loyalty means. Liberals like their presidential candidates shiny and new. Then they toss them into the scrap heap at the, at the first sign of trouble, always trading up for the next new Look, shiny I don't think I don't think Hillary was exactly fresh off the showroom floor. That, was, that wasn't her first or even second rodeo, and we stuck with her sort of, kind of, well, you know, yeah, in a way listen, we... Hillary is not in Donald Trump's league. Tonight, a Kelly File exclusive. And that's why I voted for her. 
Yeah. Uh. All I know is we liberals would draw the line if our president suddenly banned pizza. There is no doubt about that. Well, why? So you learn to love chicken strips or, or corn dogs more. You know, life goes on. <laughs> I have to admit. Whining. Your, your, your side's blind loyalty is amazing, but kind of scary, too. It's a good thing we don't have a president that is so close to the edge <sighs> of insanity it threatens the very future of the world. Don't be so overly dramatic about it. All right, come on. First of all, nothing lasts forever, the earth included. Secondly, a mere mortal could not destroy the world. That's left to a very real non-moral spot. I, I can't be the only person who gets up each morning to check their Twitter account to see if Trump has just said something that might bring on the final curtain. Oh. I, I'm not alone. I know that. Oh, the end of the world doesn't worry me as much as it used to. I mean, music sucks these days. Amazon and Walmart have killed the malls. And lastly, do I really need to see the Patriots and Tom Brady win another Super Bowl? Tom Brady loves me. Well, you know, when you put it like that, maybe uh, I am overreacting here. I don't know. Well, Donald Trump is an <laughs> Don't get me wrong. He's a really mean-spirited man. But I'm ready if this is it. Okay, then, on that That's, happy note, know, uh, yeah. we'll end the show, I guess. Excellent. Listen, just, I want you, just wait. Uh, you guys wait. America will soon be great again. Hashtag Trump 2020. Uh, hashtag never again. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. Once again, here is Richie Dagger's crime. Goodman Productions.